Hi friends, and welcome to Youth Driven Podcast. My name is Becky White, and today we will be speaking with Isabel Boulier, who has been a longtime student advocate and youth-driven alumni. On today's episode, Izzy shares her research project on mental health and traffic safety that she conducted during her eight-week internship with the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. She shares her main points from her research project and why it is important that we start to discuss how our mental health affects us while driving. So I would like to introduce you to Izzy. Hello and welcome to Youth Driven Podcast. My name is Becky White and today we are so excited to have Izzy with us. She is going to share with us her research project all about traffic safety and mental health. Welcome Izzy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be joining you today. Well, we are so thrilled to have you. Izzy and I go way back in the sense that she was one of our alumni in our original program a couple of years back, but Izzy is no stranger in the Rhode Island prevention world because she's just out there making a difference. And tell us a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself, Izzy. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much. So I have been involved in community health and prevention since I was 13 with my family. That started because my sister was struck and injured by a drunk driver. Again, while she survived, it was not without injury. And my family and I really wanted to kickstart some change in our surrounding communities. So we started joining the North Kingstown Prevention Coalition. And then I got really involved from there on and out in so many different topics, including traffic safety, mental health advocacy and awareness, tobacco control, substance use prevention, addiction recovery, and so much more. Um, and I'm really grateful that the last six years of my life have been just me progressively becoming more passionate about it um, to the point where I've been able to kickstart a career in it. I created a SAD club in my local high school. I was able to go to national conferences at CADCA and SAD. And then next thing I knew, I was able to serve as a SAD national president. It was a really, really fun experience, even from home. And now I'm studying public health and international relations with a minor in Spanish at Roger Williams. I'm deeply involved here. I sit on the student senate. I'm a health and wellness educator. I work with the public health club and so much more. I'm really blessed and incredibly grateful to have all of these opportunities because I don't think that I would be here without all of the support that I had from everyone in the community. You, Kathy Sullivan, my mom, my family, so many different people. Like I, I'm very, very blessed. When I was the SAD national president, I had the opportunity to follow my presidency with an internship under the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, um, where I was able to work as a federal employee for eight weeks. While I did do it from home, I still created a lot of meaningful work. And I'm really, really grateful that that is where I was able to start dissecting the intersection between mental health and safe driving behaviors. Thank you, Izzy. I mean, you're not busy at all. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get asked if I sleep. I do sleep. I do have a social life. I promise. (laughs) No, I know you do. And, you know, you are so good with organizing your time and making sure you do take time for your mental health because then you realize Mm -hmm. how you need to do that in order to succeed in other parts of your life. Can you just tell us a little bit about your research project and what it's all about? Yes, thank you so much. So yeah, um, one thing I've learned is that while talking about all of this, I also need to take care of myself. I have become more and more aware of my own mental health 
am very, very, very lucky to have the support system that I do and having individuals who are understanding that there's times I need to decompress, that there's times that I need to just take some time for me. And I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. But like I said, I had the opportunity to work with the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration over the summer. One of the bigger projects that I accomplished was dissecting the intersection between mental health and safe driving behaviors behind the wheel. So what I did is it took me a while, honestly, like this was not easy whatsoever to break down because there's so many different components to it. How do you talk about mental health and traffic safety in the same sense, like in the same sentence? Like, it took me a while and I'm going to admit that right here and now. And I really hope that I can be that bridge for additional community members and young drivers. So what I did is after at least three weeks of me contemplating this outline, I finally figured out that in order to talk about how mental health and traffic safety intersect, we need to break down traffic safety and mental health separately. What does that look like for young adults? Because this is mainly who we're targeting because there's been research that has stated that mental health needs to be talked about in the early independent stages of driving. We all need to be aware and understand what mental health looks like. I'm not an expert, but I had tons and tons of individuals give so much feedback on this who are. And again, I'm incredible for those individuals who accompanied that. So what I did is I broke it down. How does the basics of the brain work? Also the risk factors and the protective factors that help our mental health and influence us. For example, risk factors typically are say, um, poor community support systems, poor social relationships and not maybe having a good support system like that, domestic violence and or family problems. And so many other different things that sometimes we forget that really, really have an impact on our mental health. Just because we're 16, um, our parents are struggling financially, that can impact us too. But then we have protective factors, and that's having strong coping mechanisms, having strong community and family support, healthy relationships, being able to have access to mental health resources. And not every community has the opportunity to have equal access to mental health resources, in which that is talked about later in the presentation. So we talk about all that and how meant those factors influence us for better or for the worse. Um, and we really talked about emotions as well. So how does maybe being sad or potentially being depressed affect us? How does being happy even affect us? How does being anxious affect us? Um, we, we may make decisions more impulsively. We might not make a decision that uh, suits us for our better interests, or we just may make uh, decisions in a more rational manner. But it's really, really important that we normalize talking about those emotions because we're, we all experience them at some point in our life. So that's that part. And then we jump into uh, decision-making and driving behaviors. We make, which is a lot for every two minutes in your drive. And we forget that sometimes a little subconscious things like putting on your blinker, turning left, turning right, switching lanes is all a decision we make behind the wheel. And also how do roadway environments impact our decisions? We are going to slow down when we see a pedestrian. We're going to stop at a stoplight. We're going to yield at a yield sign. We're going to slow down for construction. There's so many different things that impact our decisions and how we drive because again, it's not linear. Then we jump into how they intersect. So how can having a bad day uh, at work, going through a breakup, not doing well in school, overflow into our driving behavior. There has been research that has those who had more negative emotions made more mistakes behind the wheel. And then there's also been other research that shows that a life events outside of driving also affect us. Those going through divorce, financial hardships. So we really highlighted that and how sometimes our life events can intersect and how our mental state can be affected in that present moment. So life events would usually be, oh, I'm going through a breakup. Oh, I'm not doing very well in school. I'm having a hard time um, at home. And or 
events affecting us in that moment would be someone cut me off and now I'm angry. I almost just got into a car accident because someone else wasn't looking or, you know, a really, really stressful traffic situation on the highway. So that's our mental state. And then we have the life events, which is our mental health. And those both, 10 at the same time, also influence our driving behaviors. Then the last portion is because I'm a really big person on action and individual impact. We have this information. We're equipped with this information. Where do we go from here? So I break it down into uh, the individual, parents, community members, and stakeholders, kind of like what we can do as a community. So the first thing I talk about is doing a mental health check. We all go into our car, we check around the car, we put our seatbelt on, we do all the things that physically keep us safe. Well, why don't we start doing an emotional check with ourselves? How are we feeling in this present moment? Am I stressed? Am I anxious? Am I content? How am I feeling right now? And if we are feeling maybe some negative emotions, which is totally okay, how can we kind of take a couple of minutes before driving and hit the road? Then it kind of goes into what parents, youth, community members can do. As a youth, we can start practicing mental health check-ins. We can continue to advocate for accessibility of the mental health resources, join traffic safety organizations like Youth Driven. We can work with SAG. We can do so many little things in the community. Parents can start talking about mental health in early independent stages of driving. They can start being a model and also normalizing mental health in their household. And then community members, we can all continue to be active roadway users within ourselves, within uh, other people, and continuing to keep the roadway safe. There is like the community practitioner portion of it, but I'm not going to get into that too much right now. So I did do that presentation about a week ago with Barrington, and I had so many youth who really, really understood this, and they shared um, different stories, and they get it. And once I think we start talking about this, people realize like, oh, that moment that my sister backed up into something because she was crying because she was going through a breakup was her mental health um, can intersect back to maybe not going through a really good time. So how can we continue to keep each other safe? You know, looking and saying, hey, I know you're going through a hard time right now, sis, but why don't we take a couple minutes before we hit the road? Or if something happened while driving, hey, that's that situation back there was really stressful. Do you want to go and grab a coffee real quick and we can take a little break? Being like looking out for one another because we all have mental health. Everyone has mental health. One in five people will be diagnosed with mental illness. So how can we continue to be a support system for each other and looking out for one another? So now that I just did a ramble, that's the, pretty much the entire breakdown of the presentation. It's absolutely, it's, it came out way better than I thought it did. And I- when you approached me with the research project and you told me about it, I immediately said, we need to get this out to as many people as possible because I realized, and you realized the correlation isn't talked about enough between traffic safety and mental health. And it's so important and a necessary conversation for all of us to really become aware of. So thank you so much for just kind of taking the charge on this. And while you were researching, did you find that there were a lot of papers or research papers or experts on this topic out there, or is it kind of just starting to be a lot of talk about it? One thing I can say is I also want to give some credit to the SAD National Office because they approached me with this. And when I, they told me, I was like, wow, like, you, you have a point and you might be honest with me here. Um, but I'm going to be honest, the reason why it took me almost eight full weeks to complete this was because there was very, very, very few research papers on this. But the ones I did found had extremely valuable information and made some extremely valid conclusions. And one of them was mental health needs to be talked about in the early independent stages of driving. And that's where I was able to find some of the research is that drivers who made, who expressed more negative emotions made more mistakes. And that life events can also affect us. And that's what I was looking for because I think our mental health at the end of the day comes down to 
things that are affecting us all around. Whereas our mental state, it's more of us in our present moment. And both of those things we, talk, we talked about because we could be doing really, really well in life, but then we get really, really angry because, oh my goodness, like I almost just got into a car accident. I've been there, you know what I mean? We've all been there where we've had really, really close calls. And at those moments, we may not be focusing as much as we should on the road following that moment. I was lucky that I had just enough resources to really continue to make that connection. And I was really, but it is something that I think is starting now and it's not starting to come to light because mental health is starting to become a little bit more normalized and less stigmatized. It still has some stigma attached to it, unfortunately. Um, but I think we are creating better conversations around it. And that includes also talking about how it can affect us in more than just one area of our life. Right. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I'm so grateful that we are starting to talk about mental health, starting this research. I'm sure it's not the end of your research about this topic. I know you're very passionate about traffic safety and mental health. So kudos to you again for doing this. And anybody wants to get in contact with you and hear more about your research paper, how can they reach you? Yeah. So, um, so funny enough, I figured that maybe I should have kind of separated my emails. So I just recently created a new work email. Um, and that is id.publichealth at outlook.com. I will definitely put your email at the bottom of this podcast for anybody that wants to get in touch with you. And I'm sure you'll get inundated because this is an amazing research project and everybody should check it out and contact Izzy. Do you have any final last thoughts you want to share? Um, I can say that one thing I have found with this is that that when I did my presentation last week with the Barrington uh, school that I attended is that we need to continue to let students talk about mental health, because I don't think if I didn't create an environment for students to be open about mental health, I don't think I would have gotten the type of reception that I did from students. And I knew that I had created an open area for mental health is because I had a lot of students who were really eager to share and very open and vulnerable. And that's why we do have uh, staff on hand. And I do, um, you know, clarify in the beginning that while we're talking about mental health, we also need to take care of ourselves. And I think what this is when it comes down to is we need to also accept that there's going to be some really, really wild stories that people share. But unfortunately, that's how we talk about and continue to normalize mental health is because mental health isn't perfect, it's not linear, it's not, it's not always going to be this very, very pretty conversation. There's people who go through really hard things and that unfortunately can overflow into other parts of our life. And I'm really happy that this is something that I have been able to take on, the amazing support that I had uh, to create it. And I'm really happy that I have the opportunities for individuals to bring me into their schools and bring me to community events um, where I can continue to share this and talk about this. Well, if anybody listening has any high schoolers or anyone interested in this topic, please feel free to reach out to Izzy. She's fabulous. As you can see, um, I've been working with her for many years now, and she's beyond passionate about this topic of traffic safety and mental health. So Izzy, I want to thank you again for being on the podcast today. Good luck with everything you are undertaking and continue to keep changing the world. You definitely are. And you're only just getting started, which is so exciting. So thank you. Thank you again for being on today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really blessed to have this opportunity. Thanks again. Have a good one. Thank you, Izzy, for sharing your research project with us today. If you are interested in contacting Izzy directly, you can find her email in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to learn more about youth driven and the traffic safety prevention work that we do, you can visit our website 
at www.youthdriven.org. And feel free to subscribe and share this podcast with those that you want to keep safe behind the wheel. And until next time, take care of each other on the roads and continue to lead by example.